Good evening. Today's reading is taken from the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 to 17. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of a word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks so much, Adam. That's a great reading. My name's Sam. I'm part of the staff team here at Network Church. And if you've been tracking with us for a couple of weeks you'll know that we've been looking at this series called God's ID, where we have a look uh, at different, through different lenses at what God is like, and we've explored what God is like as a shepherd. No, we didn't do that one. We've done what God is like as bread and uh, God's identity as lamb. And today we're looking at uh, God and the vineyard. And so when we have these different... Um, these different metaphors, these different visual ways of thinking about God. I like to think of it as like God is beyond our understanding. He's magnificently more wonderful than we could imagine. But we have these metaphors that work like a collage to gradually build up a picture of him or like looking in a kaleidoscope, if you had one of those as a child, where you can look down it and as it turns, you can uh, the colours change and you see many beautiful things. And today we're going to be exploring God's beautiful identity as the garden. Now, I'm very pleased to have uh, this passage about Jesus as the vine and we are the branches and our Heavenly Father is the gardener because I am a lockdown gardening convert. I am one of the many, apparently, thousands of people that started to watch Gardener's World on a Friday night. You know, I hardly knew it even existed apart from my mother-in-law telling me about it every now and again, but now I'm properly in the gardening team. And I brought a few pictures to show you from home uh, to help give us uh, some, some ideas about good and bad gardening and what I've been up to. So this tree was planted about 20 years ago when we first moved in. It's a dwarf apple tree, a little one, a bit like... 
I'm little, and uh, we've had it there for 20 years, and most of the time we have ignored it. Now, if you have a good look at it, it's pretty mangled. Most of the uh, branches are going like they twist over each other. They're going in the wrong direction. And actually, believe it or not, that one got a bit of a pruning recently, uh, but it's still a state because we haven't really attended to it. Now, uh, I want to show you another picture. This is my lockdown, more of my lockdown gardening success. So this is a clematis, and this one had grown so um, ferociously over the 18 years that we'd had it in the garden, it entirely colonized a cherry tree, which we, the cherry tree got poorly, we had to take it down, and then this thing, this clematis had just gone wild all over the garden. And I had to hack this one back to ground level. Uh, but you can see, as I've been working on this, um, I've been watching this clematis grow because I do not want it to get in a random wayward state again. I've been watching it carefully and I've put some wires on the fence and I've been tying it in and clipping it back. And to be honest, I, I'm pretty proud of this as my gardening uh, lockdown success. And this, uh, this passage that we're reading today, you can take away my picture, <laughs> this passage that we're reading today in it, we are told that Jesus is the true vine. He's the loyal, faithful vine, and my Father is the gardener. And we are given, given a picture here of an incredibly loving and attentive gardener, not the kind of gardener I am. I am. Our Heavenly Father tends the branches of the vine with close focus and with loving care. And I had a little explore about what first century vineyards were like, and they were very small. And uh, the, the farmers or the, the guys that looked after the vineyard, they'd often uh, like work there their whole lives, and they would, they would know each vine, they'd know each of its characteristics, they'd know when to hack it down to the ground for its well-being, they'd know when to snip off little bits. And they were always focused on maximizing the fruitfulness of the vine, of allowing it to become the most beautiful and extraordinary thing that, that it could ever be. And this is how our Heavenly Father looks at the vine that is Jesus, and this is how he looks at the branches that are us. He is such a loving and attentive gardener. And in this passage, it's kind of, uh, if you take a little bit of time to look at it later, you'll see that it is seeped in love. This passage is saturated in love right from the beginning, right through to the end. And uh, I want to just read a little bit from uh, verse 4. And uh, John says, Jesus says, Remain in me as, as I also remain in you. Remain in me as I remain in you. What an extraordinary thing that Jesus is saying, I'm in you, now stay in me. And uh, in verse 9 and 10, he writes, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Love is about abiding, it's about remaining, it's about belonging. If we think about the vine and uh, the, like, the sap, if you like, or whatever it is, the, the lifeblood of the vine, Jesus is that lifeblood. Father God is part of that and we are woven into that. We are woven right into the heart of Jesus and his Father. And as a branch, we grow out of that deep, 
amazing belonging that is to be loved by God himself. And so we find ourselves as branches, we find our source deeply in the love of God. We found ourselves surrounded by love and growing towards love. We are grafted deeply into the love that is between the Father and the Son, and we share in it, and we grow from it. And verse 15 says, and God doesn't call us servants, we belong to him as friends. The growth of the branches, the nurture and the pruning, all of it, finds its source and its completion in love itself. So let's think about the pruning for a little while. Uh, Pruning often has bad press, but now I'm a gardener, I've learned that it's actually a good and glorious thing. And uh, the Greek word that John uses here for prune also means cleanse, is exactly the same thing. And so when... um, When the Father prunes us, he says that's a reminder that we are cleansed by Jesus. We're made clean by him. And it's the same word that Jesus used when he's washing the disciples' feet. And they're like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, I've already made you clean. And Jesus makes us clean that we might be fruitful, that we might increase in power and in love. And so pruning has its source in love and its purpose is love and its goal is love. To be pruned by God is to be shaped by him. And to receive that pruning, that shaping, is an act of worship. It is to love God back. In fact, in this passage, it says, you know, this is for the glory of my Father. So we're going to have a little bit of time later to invite God to have a look at us to highlight to us what might need pruning, what, might, what we might need to change to love him and to love others. And let's submit to that as an act of worship later when we do that. So to be, allow ourselves to be pruned by God is an act of worship and submission to him. And it's a way of receiving his love and being strengthened by him. And this works really well at an individual and personal level because we become stronger and more fruitful from the pruning. More becomes possible because of it. And this doesn't just work at a personal level, but it works at a corporate level as well. It works at the level of family and community. If you remember my uh, tree that I showed you right back at the beginning that was all twisted and mangled and some of the um, branches were crossing over one another, and getting in the way of each other, and where the branches hadn't been pruned back, they were acting like a tripwire to the other branches. And sometimes that happens to us. If if we don't allow the Father to to examine us, to have a look at us, to prune our lives, we can grow a bit straggly and a bit twisted and go in the wrong direction. And that's harmful to us, but it, it hurts the others around us. And we might see this in where maybe some like attitudes of resentment or bitterness might have built up or where we've got some unforgiveness towards somebody or maybe where we're involved in some stuff that like God wouldn't want us involved in, what we might call sin. All that stuff calls us to grow in a bad way ourselves, but it's a tripwire to others in our family because we're one body, aren't we? We're a community. And so to be open to pruning is an act of worship to God, but it is also a gift of love to one another. 
in the passage that Adam read, uh, it ends with, and my command is to, to you is to love one another. And love takes many forms, but one of the ways we can really love one another is to present ourselves before God for him to prune us, to open our hearts and our minds to be changed by him for, for our good and fruitfulness, but for the good and the fruitfulness of those around us. This is my commandment that you may love one another. Well, I wonder what the loving, attentive gardener that is God would like to clean up in us today. I wonder where he would like to focus his attention on our lives. Because his careful gardening and pruning of our lives maximizes who we are for the sake of the kingdom. So we're going to present ourselves before God now for that purpose. And uh, if you think about a vine, it's like really well rooted in the ground. And if you think about the branch that's attached to the vine, and it's not a windy day, so you can't wriggle around and go and put the kettle on. Okay, it's a really still day. And so I'm going to lead you in an imaginative prayer where we can allow the Spirit of God to bring some to mind some things to help us uh, be pruned by God and therefore worship him better and therefore love one another more. So why don't you just settle yourself comfortably? You may find it helpful to close your eyes. I think Jake's going to uh, play a little bit of music to help us as well. And the first thing I'm just going to ask you to do is to just allow yourself to be still before God, to be a branch that doesn't waver around in the wind. Take a few breaths and just be still before him. And imagine yourself there in the garden, really still before God. And your heavenly father comes into the garden and he's looking at all the branches of the vine. And he's drawing close to you. And I wonder how you feel when the gardener's eyes are upon the branch that is you. Sometimes we want to hide away like Adam and Eve wanted to hide away. And if you feel that temptation, try to resist that temptation and just stay Allow God to look at you. And he looks at you with great love. The Bible tells us we're the center of his gaze. And as he looks at you, open your mind and your heart to him. Invite him to show you anything that you need to stop doing. And this just may come to you as a thought or a picture or as, or as an idea. It may be a small thing, it may be quite a big thing. But just notice what comes to mind that God may want you to stop doing. Uh, 
let's ask God if there's some a new direction he would like you to take, maybe something he would like you to change or do differently. So God, reveal to us in our minds now what you would like us to change or do differently. Again, whether what comes to mind is big or small, thank God for it and take it on. And it's always good to allow God to look into our relationships and to show us where we may need to relate to someone differently. Is there someone we need to forgive? If so, forgive them now. Is there something we've been holding tightly to that we need to let go of? to let it go now we're going to ask God if there's something we need to say sorry for in actions or in attitudes or in our thoughts and all of these things are about getting free and getting strong and getting fruitful so when they come to your mind, say sorry for them. Don't, you don't need to feel shame. You can say sorry and let them go into the arms of Jesus. So our Heavenly Father is near. He is nearer than our own breath. Jacob's going to lead us in a song, and as he does so, continue to present yourself before God and receive from him all that he wants to show you, because he's loving, and his purpose for you in stopping some things and starting some things and changing your mind about things is to lead you into great power and great fruitfulness. So, Lord, here are our lives. Would you continue in us what you have begun for the glory of Jesus? Amen.